0: Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning?
1: Lloyd, today our show is about stress free divorce. And you know, that's something that's close to my heart. And I've just finished reading this book called Stress Free Divorce Conversations with Leading Divorce Professionals. And one of the articles in here, one of the chapters, was about, was really an interview with this wonderful guest who I met. Years ago, who happens to be a collaborative lawyer and a wonderful peacemaker, and her name is Teresa Baron Coulott. She is a peacemaker, problem solver, educator, attorney, and she's contributed that chapter called Holistic Divorce An Opportunity for Transformation, which is in this book called Stress Free Divorce. She has practiced law in Illinois, my home state, since 1992. And she had a coaching practice from way back in the uh, mid-1980s, and she brings these two skill sets together as a collaborative lawyer. In the year 2000, she met Stu Webb, who actually was also on our show, who is really the father and the creator of the collaborative law process. She met him at an International Alliance of Holistic Lawyers Conference, which I also belonged to that wonderful organization, and I know that people think holistic lawyers—that's an oxymoron—but there are a bunch of us out there, including our wonderful guest Teresa. And anticipating her own disillusion of marriage, which was coming at that time, she learned about the collaborative model, and ultimately they used that process to end her marriage in two thousand two. So she saw that this worked, and it got all excited, and that same year she attended the first Chicago Collaborative Law training, and she joined the newly formed Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois at that time, and that was the beginning of this wonderful practice that she's been doing for many years right now. You can find out more about Teresa baron at her website at trinityfamilylaw.com and also at our conflicthealing.com, where we have her picture, her bio, and, of course, a JPEG of the book as well. So we're so thrilled to have you on the show, Teresa, and to be able to talk to you again.
0: Thanks for having me, Mari.
1: Yeah, so great, great work you're doing. You talk about the International Alliance of Holistic Lawyers, where you and I first met. Let's talk about holistic lawyers. People laugh when I say I'm a holistic lawyer. They go what is that? That's an oxymoron, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your thought about that? Well, holistic to me means that
0: you can bring all of yourself to whatever it is. So if you're a holistic doctor, you're not just looking at the body, you're looking at the person as a whole. A holistic lawyer gets to bring more than just their legal training to the table. And, And I think it's a great Uh, story how I found the International Alliance of Holistic Lawyers in that I was raised Catholic, and I was very spiritual, and over the years I'd studied metaphysics, and I was a retreat leader, and I was coaching at the time, and I was practicing law. So I had a husband, I had a kid, I had a life, and I had this spiritual longing and this legal mind, right? So I'm working with my spiritual director at the time, And I said to her, you know, there's got to be a way. I said, when I'm at work and I'm being a lawyer, I feel like I don't get to bring all the wisdom and the skills that I have as a retreat leader, as a spiritual person. And then when I'm over in my spiritual world, I have to kind of cut myself off from my brain and my thoughts and my legal training. And I'm like, there's got to be a way to integrate these things. And she kind of supported me. She was a friend of Jean Houston's. She had done Mystery School. She was a member of the Noetic Institute of Noetic Science. Mm. I was trying to connect with all these people, and it just kept coming up like a dead end. And I remember walking into her office, and I'm like, you know what? If I don't have, if I, if if, if none of these connections are going to work, I guess I'll just have to do it on my own. And um, she's like, okay, well, how are we going to do this? And <laughs> I left the office, I went to Borders, and at Borders, I found an issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. And in it was an article about the International Alliance of Holistic Lawyers. I'm like, oh my goodness, these are my people.
1: I know. And you know, it it is kind of a different shift. It's a mindset that's very different. You know, when you're practicing litigation, you're out there into that fight mode. You have to really fight for your client, be that fervent advocate. And if you feel that that's not really changing and bringing peace to the world, yet you have all this legal knowledge, what do you do? And that's when you do collaborative law or you do mediation or you, you try and teach conflict resolution through your coaching or whatever it is. So thank God there's others like us, right?
0: Well and, and in some cases it's appropriate. You know, really some people are good in the courtroom and some family you know, some people need an advocate to kind of take on their case and present for them. But Really, and I think what you and I are about is really empowering people to take responsibility for their own conflict, right? right, and actually move through it in a way that they can grow, that they don't get kind of stuck in the same old story getting played out over and over again.
1: Right, right. So and-
0: that's, I think, what you know, what holistic lawyers bring to the table, you know, On one hand, we're trying to be ourselves integrated, so we're trying to actually allow all of ourselves to be present at the table, and we're supporting our clients in accepting all the pieces of themselves that relate to the issue that they're dealing with.
1: Right, right. They're not just our uh, legal subjects, you know, and especially in divorce. Divorce is an emotional experience with legal ramifications.
0: Exactly. And
1: so, you know, that that's something, you know, I, I have these clients now who are used to dealing with attorneys. They're both engineers, husband and wife, and they're in my mediation. And the other day, I, I, I thought it was so sweet that the wife said, you know, Sometimes it's hard to believe you're an attorney, Mari, because everyone that I've dealt with that's been attorney has not been open to hear emotions or hear the um, you know some of the subjective issues that that I want to talk about. So that is part of the holistic approach is being able to allow people to express what's really going on within them without just focusing on the legal issues. So.
0: Well, and, and one of the kind of phrases that I use here is that a family will get results beyond the balance sheet. Right. That if you can actually move through a process and at the end of it be on speaking terms with your former spouse, if everybody can go to the the soccer game and sit together, if we can communicate and, you know, show up at the graduation party and not be distant, or you know, make everyone uncomfortable. And right. that's that's a really a benefit to the children and everyone in their community.
1: And that you know, Teresa, I read in your the, your interview, you talked about your grandparents that they had a really horrible divorce and couldn't couldn't be in the same room when there were all these you know, family gatherings and stuff couldn't even be the same place. You, one went to the aunt's house and one went to your house. And that is so sad for the children and grandchildren. Well, they made everyone uncomfortable. Yeah. It, no one could really relax
0: when they were around. Oh. And, and I was young at the time. And just for the listeners' background, my parent, my father was born in 38, and his parents were divorced in 42, Mm. which was really unheard of in those days.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: And the other sad thing about it is that the judge at the time, rather than awarding custody to either parent, put these children in an orphanage.
1: So horrible.
0: So every, week, every other weekend they were visited. You know, one weekend mom would come and visit, the next weekend dad would come and visit. So they had a rough childhood, and yet by the time they were adults, it was healed with each child and the parents, because, of course, now these, the children are adults and they have families. Right. But the, 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 the parents, my grandparents, we think there was some infidelity, okay? So grandma had an affair, grandpa was mad, mm. they went to their graves. They never spoke to each other mm. and it was it, it again had ramifications and I think that's actually what motivated me to actually get involved um, in this kind of work because no one gains from holding on to anger and pain it really it only hurts the person who's hanging on to it and then the fallout is around them exactly. so yeah so I, that's one of the reasons I like you know what What I do, and I feel really good about it.
1: Well, you can blend who you really are. Otherwise, you feel kind of schizophrenic. At least I do. If I, you know, when I was litigating, it just was not who I am. I have a master's in psychology, and I was a teacher for many years and and coach like you. And it just is, um, you're incongruent when you can't be that harmonizing force, you know? Right. And, And you can't be when you're in litigation and the system says you need to be a fervent advocate. You do have to be a fervent advocate. Um, And sometimes, at least out here, it gets so bad that they actually had to establish civility guidelines Mm -hmm. in the state of California because people were so uncivil, and that happens a lot. I don't know about Illinois, if they're more civil there, but it gets pretty bad here.
0: You know, it can, and it's, it's, it's a good point you bring up, and I actually think it's worthy of a, of a few minutes to chat about this because um, people say, well, you're supposed to be, in our words, it's zealous advocacy. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know what, I am an advocate for my client because my client wants a relationship with their spouse when this is over. My client wants his or her children to be able to walk away from this in a healthy state and so by me settling by me helping them settle their case I'm actually advocating for a global picture that's going to serve this whole family in the future so a lot of times and I, I don't I, I make it really clear with people who come into my office that you know there's there are guidelines that the statute books have you know there's calculations and right, right. rules of thumb Can there's case law Right. And you know your life better than any judge or any third party. So if you want to have your settlement look a certain way it, that's not normal, then that's fine. We as want long it as to you work, agree, right. Exactly. We want it to work for your family, <laughs> not be some cookie cutter and try to fit it into what everybody else thinks your life should look like. right. Yeah, and they, they really like that because, you know, we're in the 21st century, and people are taking responsibility for themselves. They're creating their futures. They're not victims of their circumstances. And so that's another reason why I like collaborative, because these people who choose to take on their cases and be an active part of resolving them, they're stepping up. And I say, you know, it's funny. People think, oh, collaborative is for sissies. No, it's not. It's actually uh, my clients are in the room. They're negotiating. They're really invested in how their case is going to unfold and how it's going to resolve. So they don't get to hide behind their lawyers. They don't get to say, oh, write up this nasty memo and write up this motion and make him pay. No, they they sit there at the table and they're actually processing and dealing with their former spouse.
1: And it's very empowering and they're learning new tools because the collaborative lawyers how, know how to negotiate. They know how to define conflict, so they're modeling that in the process, which is yeah. really so important. I mean, if anybody's a sissy, it's people who go through litigation. Uh, they're they're in their primitive brain, you know. Right. They they're in the amygdala where they will fight or fly <laughs> or flee or avoid, and have their attorneys do it. It's much more uh, emotionally intelligent. To sit down and do what I call solutioneering, it's problem solving, but I thought that word is so negative that I changed it to solutioneering. I like that. Yeah, so that they, when they're doing solutioneering... They're focusing on the present and the future, whereas lots of times when they're fighting, they're fighting about what happened at the past and you can't change the past. Exactly. So, you know? So what are you gonna well, do?
0: And I wanna tell you kind of doggy you know, dovetailing on what you just talked about. I had a client several years ago and she was referred to me by her therapist because I had a relationship with the therapist and so let's just call her Donna. So Donna comes and hires me, and, and Donna's husband's name is Bill. So Donna and Bill come in, and we started a collaborative process. And they had a daughter who was mm, in kindergarten, okay? Mm. We did all our discovery. We had parenting plans drafted. We were, the MSA was done. We were about to wind it down. And my client informs me, that they're going to stay together.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And in the debriefing of it, the therapist basically told me that she had no idea how to deal with her husband in the marriage, and by participating in the collaborative process, she learned from what I was modeling how to have constructive conversations and solve the problems that she was not able to do on her own. So, just like you said, they they learned new tools, yes, and they they stayed together. So I'm very happy about. It. I've had a couple of co- clients that have reconciled in the course yeah. of their divorce.
1: Me, and that would never happen in litigation. I also I had a couple where they had been married 25 years, and then husband had a heart attack, and it kind of threw him for a loop. He, you know, he didn't feel macho. He didn't feel like himself anymore. Long story short, she had a, she was a professor, and she had an affair with another professor. And so those are really, really tough things to deal with. And um, we came into mediation, again, the modeling of how you resolve issues. We got through all of their property, and they had a lot. They had a lot of money, a lot of property. We got through everything, and we were about to do the same thing, <laughs> and they said you know we want to dismiss the petition and the response <laughs> we want to take it off and and every year every year i got christmas cards for years yeah. and years for because they got back together and it and it was because who teaches us right teresa yeah. who teaches us how to have a healthy loving relationship i mean your grandparents obviously <laughs> <laughs> right. Couldn't teach you, bad. But, right, <laughs> and and so you know I also grew up like that. Not not a divorce, but they you know they fought. They didn't know how to get through things. They finally mellowed by the time they were married about fifty years, and then my mom died. But you know, I mean, really, it's hit and miss unless we teach the tools of you know. Speaking to each other in a positive way, asking for what you want instead of what you don't want, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, this is this is the beauty of the collaborative process, the the positive negotiation, the mediation, all that really goes together. And frankly, you know, it's time that we do that in th- really and and avoid a lot of the tough litigation. It seems to me the only time you really need to litigate is when somebody is committing fraud or, you know, or you have to set a precedent or something like that. But otherwise, 90% of the time, people should be settling and having people to lead them and show them the way like we do, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and what I've kind of now moving my practice into, um, and I call it transformative mediation, and you're probably familiar with the theoretical concept, which... In mediation, traditionally, you're about resolving the issue on the table. Right. And transformative is actually around changing the people <laughs> and their perspective toward the problem. Right. And whether or not you get a signed settlement is irrelevant. But what I, when I'm doing it in my practice, and people can Google the word transformative mediation, but I'm using it for people who come into my office and they don't really want a divorce, but they don't like something that's happening in their marriage, and they don't have the tools, like we just discussed, to get through to their partner and change things. So it's, it's almost like couples coaching.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Which, but it's, because I'm a lawyer... I always have in the background, okay, well, these are the sorts of things you're going to have to figure out, because if you don't figure it out here, you're going to end up in the divorce mediation world, (laughs) Right. and then I'll tell you what we have to do over there.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, And it's fascinating. Um, I've had people go through it, and I get to, now I even, like, I do energy work, I do flower essences with them, so some of these people who come to me are really open for the fullness Yes. Of really changing their, their lives. So it's really encouraging.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the the nice thing about, you know, I've done that too, where people have like a post-marital agreement. They don't mm-hmm. want to get a divorce, but maybe there's some things going on, or maybe they want to divide all their community property for estate purposes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it, it's beautiful because they can learn how to make agreements. You know, when you go to a therapist, often they're not really... Um, that skilled at making agreements that are understandable, that are enforceable, that are that are really clear. And so, with your training as an attorney in mind, we can actually have them write up agreements that are really clear, and then they can, you know, kind of adhere to these agreements and never get the divorce, right? Right. And
0: and th- th- the triggers. So that was that's another thing that we work uh, that I work with is like. What are the behaviors that are triggering these emotional responses that are getting you off kilter right and so let's let's talk about that as opposed to you know what happened fifteen, twenty years ago
1: right um, right you surely can't do anything about what happened fifteen or twenty years ago, but if they keep getting into the same kind of a a fight, then yeah, you, you know if it's the same thing that they fight over twenty. <laughs> Then there's something there that that has to be cleaned out, right? Yeah. And they can do it maybe with a therapist, but a lot of times, it's something that they just really need to bring to a conscious level, and and you know, forgiveness is, is a huge issue too, right?
0: Oh yeah, and apology, the power of apology. Yes. Uh, you know, kind of going back to the collaborative world now, because we're in in a collaborative divorce. You're, you're doing interest-based negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes all a person wants is an acknowledgement of their contribution or an apology for something that they did, that the other person did wrong. And and in, in their own marriage, they're not conscious that that's what they want. But then we talk it through and it's like, well, would it be helpful to you if he apologized? So then, which, oh, if, if I may yeah, um, take this, chance to kind of jump over into a kind of zoom out um with collaborative okay for the people who you know maybe aren't super familiar with it um in a collaborative divorce there are two parties husband wife or you know two partners and they each have an attorney so the attorneys and the parties are committed to resolving the case outside of court and there's an agreement that if they don't settle then this couple has to get two new lawyers to fight in court Okay, that's that's like your basic collaborative case.
1: And I, I just want to add to that how important that is because the attorneys then commit that they won't take the case to court, which means that there's no incentive for them. I mean, there's more incentive for them to help them settle than it would be for them to bill like crazy and go to court. Exactly. So I think that's just something that really makes makes the thing work.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then, then there's another whole level of collaborative, which is the interdisciplinary model, where in some jurisdictions, and in, in Illinois, we aspire to use interdisciplinary practice, meaning there are mental health professionals, so therapists, coaches, uh, who are who coach the clients to deal with their emotional content. We have child specialists whose whose expertise is helping these families parent children post-divorce so that the parents are making decisions not based on what the lawyer thinks is a good idea, but based on someone who's got advanced degrees and who works with children. Right. And we have financial specialists who are trained in the model so that when this couple walks into this very difficult, challenging rite of passage, it's not just someone with a legal background. It's someone with a mental health background. It's someone with the financial background to say, well, you know, if you divide things this way, this is what it'll look like. If you do it this way, it'll look a little different. So um, I think we were talking about um, when, when a family does have a challenging emotional thing, let's say there's a, a, an affair mm-hmm. or some sort of health challenge, um, the lawyers are further supported by these other professionals who can then support the family in dealing with things that really are beyond what a lawyer can do. I I have one great uh, attorney that I work with, and he, he looks at his client and says, you know, I can tell you all the wonderful things my dad told me about being a parent, but you probably want to hear it from, you know, Susan <laughs> who's got her PhD in child development.
1: <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. she's a
0: lot less expensive because the lawyers in the Chicago area are relatively, you know, more expensive than the mental health professionals. So it can be cost effective if a couple, you know, use, uses the team effectively.
1: And the other beautiful part about that, which we do in mediation as well, let's say there's a business to value, And looking at the standard of living of the marriage and cash flow analysis, you know, we we can use one forensic accountant to help instead of having the battle of the two, you know, uh, forensic accountants. you can agree to use one, whether you're in collaborative or in mediation, right? You don't have to go and spend a fortune fighting that you get a range of values of the business and. You know, that works out so much better. I can have the uh, forensic uh, on the phone with us while we're in session and answer all the questions and go through it. And he or she knows that he has to be neutral. And so that saves a ton of money. And then that's part of the collaborative process.
0: Exactly. And the the other reason these business evaluators like us and like our process (laughs) is that when they even prepare their reports, they don't have to go into the same amount of defensiveness right. in anticipation of getting called as a witness because in a collaborative process, everyone on the team, there's an agreement that they will not be called as a, as a witness in subsequent litigation unless everyone agrees. Right. Now, the good news is that a business evaluator who's neutral I mean, even any business evaluator is never going to give you a single number. It's going to be a range. Right, right. Right? right. And so you get both sides, and I've had several cases with small businesses, family-owned businesses, partnership interests, and everyone is satisfied with the fact that, hey, we've got a range. This person has done the due diligence, and here's what I think is another really important piece here. Those neutrals... Are mindful of the need to educate the less informed spouse
1: right right
0: it's not an issue of okay I'm gonna take all my blocks and hide them in this corner of the room and then the other side says well I'm gonna take the blocks that I want to play with and go in this side of the room and we're gonna divvy up the information as somebody needs it and manipulate the information Right,
1: it's, it's right. not like that Right.
0: Really, everybody wants everyone to be informed and educated.
1: And that's so beautiful. And believe it or not, would you believe that we are done? <laughs> We're out of time now. It's just that there's so much to talk about. But I think I want to just make sure that everybody gets a chance to, to look at this book, it's Stress-Free Divorce, Conversations with Leading Divorce Professionals, and and um, you can hear, you can actually look at that book and read all of the wonderful interviews, including our wonderful guest, who is Teresa buran Coulotte. And you can give, I'm just going to have you give your website and then it's time to go. Thank you so much, Mari. People
0: can find me at trinityfamilylaw.com. Okay.
1: Thanks so much. Well, we will keep in touch, honey. Thank you so much. And keep up all the wonderful work that you're doing for families. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minervine. Bye.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.